40 minute drive and just like that we are back and i am the yoni candle of the podcast robert (laughs) and i'm the free gift with purchase that you can get at a macy's counter dom so this episode we start off with christian and uh sean consulting a woman named dr forsyth and they assume that they're there to do surgery on her however she's there to advocate on behalf of her gorilla who knows sign language named kiki and the boys are kind of hesitant to do this since they don't see it as a viable means of plastic surgery because they want the gorilla to procreate because she has language skills that she must pass on, meaning that she knows sign language. <laughs> I, first of all, we're diving balls deep into this episode real quick. We are, we're, we're, catch, we're playing a little bit of catch up here in some of our previous histories. And of all the episodes that we need to... We record. We record and be a part of. This is one of them. And let's just say this. I forgot about this episode genuinely. And when I remember that it was about a gorilla, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. We covered a gorilla episode. This is one of the few episodes that genuinely feels like a Ryan Murphy production. Because it's so out of left field. Like, what zoologist is going to a plastic surgeon in the greater Miami-Dade County? There's so much that happens in this episode, Dom. I, I think you forget that. And I really want to say, too... Animal like, rights abuses. Tra- uh, transphobia. Gang member gang violence. Gang member violence. So much. Doct- Detective Kit McGraw first appearing. Being wheeled in on, like a mannequin. Yes. Okay. So we started off with that happening. Um, the boys are, you know, vehemently like against this kind of like as a process. Just because they're like, look, this is a liability thing for our name. Um, to kind of like do this kind of surgery on an animal. However, they do kind of go through with this at some point. So they reconsider. But we open up with our credit scene and we cut immediately to Matt having a wet dream, if you will, about Ava. A damp nightmare. A damp nightmare, for sure. About our life coach for evil, Ava. And you know what she's doing? She is straddling him, being a hot bitch, and in the hottest, like, negligee possible because she wears mom lingerie. (laughs) She is shopping at Kmart. She is shopping at, like, I don't know. What's what's that chick, the, the store for, like... Cacique? Cacique? Yeah, Cacique. <laughs> she's, she's at a, a Cacique. Or what's the hell's the other one? Uh, it's uh, it's not Lauren Hill. What the hell's it called? Something, I can't remember what the hell is it called. But it's their, it's like their companion store. Yeah, it's it's a lot going on. Um, from there, we get Matt kind of like figuring out like what's going on with Ava. So he's going over to her house since episode, or the last episode of season two, where he stumbles across the body of Adrian. And is immediately pulled to the police for questioning. Yeah. Nothing says good time like finding a corpse. Yeah. Sean and uh, Julia arrive at the police station to kind of confront Matt about what he's discovered and to clear him from the suspect list. However, the detective that is there is kind of really pressing Matt for being there and discovering the body, assuming that he has something to do with it. Is this Kit? Uh, or does she actually come in later? She comes in later. That's this is, right. Yeah, this is a different uh, detective. But she's pressing really hard for Matt to kind of, like, opt into saying that he murdered Adrian. However, Sean, in protest, like, is like, that's not what happened. The woman that lived with her son at this house and residence is mentally unwell. And Matt, being himself, is, like, pressing back, saying, why would you say that about her? And then that's when Sean and Julia both kind of look at each other and Sean just rips the mandate off and says, Ava is transgender. Ava is a slur. 
is a slur for sure. She's a filthy, filthy slur. But the one thing that they don't do this entire time, which I actually remember in hindsight, mm-hmm. is they don't actively work to misgender Ava at any point. Their big reveal is more like pulling off like the top of an arty like you can see what the cake is shaped like, but then they just pull like the rest of the napkin off of it. And it's like yes, we know, we know. It's a thinly veiled secret. Yeah, it's a thinly veiled secret at this point. Yeah. And then again, again, early 2000s, everything was terrible. Yeah, and Matt thus far has, like, you know, the the lesser extent of a Brian Griffin reaction of finding out that um, Quagmire's dad in that episode of Family Guy is just like, what do you mean? And my best blowjob came from a quote-unquote man? And Sean is like, it's more complicated than that. It's a little bit more deep than, you know... There's more nuance. There's more nuance than just mouth on genitals. Yeah. And ideology of, like, gender as well. So, you know what Sean said? He said trans rights. We respect people's pronouns in this household. We do not respect women who cause problems, but we will respect their pronouns to the hilt. That's right. Trans ally Matt and uh, Sean. Can we call Matt a trans ally with the crimes that he's about to commit in this episode? <laughs> not in this episode, but he will eventually become a trans eventually. ally. Yeah, so that's that's the thing. I'm going to be honest, I think it would have been more interesting, especially knowing what we know now, had Matt just become, like... I don't want to say, like, gay or bi or anything like that, but, like, accepted it and just kind of moved on with their life, but still ended up being a terrible person in a totally different way. Well, I hate for you to find out this way. That might be his through line for the rest of the series. Oh, crap. Um, But going forward, we cut back to Christian kind of, like, consulting with Liz about the Kiki situation, and they're kind of at the wheatgrass juicer, and he's kind of, like, consulting with Dr. Bruno Campos, a.k.a. Dr. Quentin Acosta, being like listen here we uh Robert appreciate you be can... accosted by quentin acosta so bad i want to be so accosted um <laughs> i want that man to perform a prostate exam on you and you just be way too into it for some reason like oh tell I... me more it would be that uh reddit confession where it's like i had a, a doctor who performed a prostate exam on me and i nodded so hard i mean first of all goals that's just, <laughs> that's just a bonus to getting a prostate exam at this point uh. It's so bad. It's like going to McDonald's and finding two toys in your in your Happy Meal. It's like perfect. Well, you know, it's also a Ryan Murphy storyline because that guy also came back and shot his doctor for making him nut. Yeah, of course. You can't have anything these days. Yeah, that's the real Ryan Murphy of it all. I can't wait till I get shot because I have nails at a conservative job. <laughs> so Dr. Quentin Acosta appears and is like, Hi, I'm Quentin. Nice to meet you. And Christian is like, Thank you for, you know, taking over while I was gone. And, uh... You know, we, since we have you on retainer, I look forward to working with you. And Dr. Quentin Acosta just leers at him and goes like, I look forward to working with you. This has become the ASMR section of the podcast. Yeah. But you know, they have some sexual chemistry going on that well, is there. But we've discussed this ad, ad nauseum at this point. Had this show been made at any other, had this show been made now, mm-hmm. like it started when Euphoria started, mm-hmm. this show would have had Julia and Sean and Christian in a polyamorous throuple it would have probably also had Matt being in a transgender relationship and it not being weird or being a problem. It would have had a lot more gay shit happening because really and truly when we get right down to it, and you and I both can attest to this, there's a lot more gay shit happening in the world than straight people realize sometimes. Of course. And speaking of gay shit happening, Liz is there. <laughs> She's talking with Christian being like, Christian, I don't understand why you won't take this on. Just come and see the gorilla and maybe you'll have a different perspective and then we go to the Miami-Dade County Zoo, where Kiki is at, and Christian hears in the background, Gloverla's FNF playing in the background, and decides, you know what, this is what we're going to do. 
you know, I just thought of something too. Mm-hmm. If we once we get to our hundredth episode, we should plan like a full ass trip to Miami and just explore some of these areas for no good reason. All the sets that are not sets for us. <laughs> They're not sets for us. They're real. Yeah. What do you mean I can't go to McNamara Troy? There's only like a few sets that we could actually go visit, but there's we're also by the time we reach the hundredth episode, the location for seasons five and six are different from Miami Dade. So They're like in Georgia or some shit. They're actually in Los Angeles. Oh god damn it. <laughs> They just shit on my dreams of going to Miami. I know. But we'll still go to Miami. Why not? <laughs> why? We'll, why? Go, we'll get Cabanos together. We'll get Cabanos together? Yeah. It's just like, it's just... We'll approach you at a bar and you can be in Kimber Drag and cosplay <laughs> and I'll be like, hi, I'm shut, a plastic surgeon. Shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> You're going to make me the ugliest brown wig you can possibly find, aren't you? No, I'm going to get you the cheapest blonde wig because you're Kimber. Not Ava. Cut to cut to you getting that to me. I'll send it to James Manf- Mansfield and come back with this absolutely perfectly stylized wig. And even you're like, how the fuck did you get this to look so good? You know what else? Since we're on the subject of wigs, Matt decides that he's going to go out and with the bang. So he goes out and sneaks into the only transgender bar that is around in Miami-Dade County, which is nameless and just draped in white silk sheets everywhere. It's like if the White Lotus had a prostitute section in it. It's the white... It's the Palermo, like tea bar is what we're gonna call it i can't think of a name for it it's other a than palermo that. tea bar yeah uh, which i just love that the entirety of the staff is trans too and it's called transcend it's oh my god please let it be called trans <laughs> it's called transcend Send. and it's not even transcend like you're actually like uprising it's just trans and then send, send. <laughs> <laughs> trans return because it's a mac keyboard oh god i can't um so Matt is, you know, kind of sitting by himself and the bartender notices him and does not card him at all. Let's put that out there. Which we love. Matt is supposed to be 17. Which we love. <laughs> or don't, don't card the minors anymore at this point. The world's on fire. Just let people drink. Yeah. I mean, he's already had a lot of sexually confusing experiences. Remember Adrian? The show doesn't want you to remember Adrian. Uh, I want to remember. Well, it, it doesn't want us to remember Adrian. But, but he's we a did plot ju- point. We did find his corpse a couple hours ago. Maybe, yeah. maybe we should remember him at some point. Yeah. In, <laughs> this year's Oscars in memoriam. And it's just a picture of the flies all over the corpse. I'm dead. Don't you talk about Leslie Jordan that way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can say some terrible things on this podcast. That might be the most terrible thing you ever said. Well, Leslie Jordan is an icon. I'm not saying otherwise. They're the whole reason that a lot of us didn't kill ourselves during quarantine. Let's be real. That's really true. Well, shit. Well, shit. Here we are again. again. Um, but Matt is having hallucinations of Ava still at the bar, and she's kind of taunting him, being like, yeah, they're all pretty girls, but they can't be me. I'm the fucking hope diamond of transsexuals. Which, I'm gonna be honest, even though I know that's supposed to be kind of like a dig line, that's kind of like goals. She said, you know what? those other bitches to me at least yeah I mean. she's like those other bitches don't have this swan like neck that i have they don't have my, they don't my have adam's smooth, apple being shaved down yeah they don't have smooth ho-ho butter or ho-ho butter butter yeah ho-ho butter hand jobs that i give they don't have those skills she, she's giving a hand job with um she said they have lace fronts i have real hair <laughs> <laughs> because she had surgery that's why 
Oh, God. We, we need to pause and say, say this, too. We love our trans brothers, sisters, and non-binary individuals. Absolutely. We you're love the, the trans community. We salute you. The trans community. You're the ones really going through it. and You're the ones doing all the hard work shit. We, I, we should have rewarded y'all first. I mean, let's be real. That is the truth. We that need is. to say that. Gay mm-hmm. men are terrible. We don't, we don't associate with that energy anymore. Exactly. We like penis, but we don't like the object that it is attached to, usually. Yeah. I mean, look at my co-host. I was... <laughs> First of all, bitch. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> You're like, first of all, well, this is an attack, but, but it's also it's true. true. <laughs> it's also completely accurate and true. Yeah. So, Matt, um, you know, looking beyond the hallucinations that's there, stumbles across a nice blonde lady named Cherry Peck, played none other than by the RuPaul's Drag Race royalty, that is Willem Belli. She is transcontinental at this point. <laughs> that was literally her band at the name at the time. Continental Breakfast is shaking right now. But, um, no, I I remember when this was on, and I remember Willem talking about this a handful of times, and to finally see this character fleshed out, I'm gonna say this, too. They Ryan Murphy really said, we gotta make sure that these trans individuals do not in any way present in what trans actuality is. They said all these trans women, clockable. Clock from a fucking quarter mile out. From three blocks away. They said full beard. For no good No reason. foundation. No foundation. No full coverage. No full coverage. A wig that looks like it's from a shake and go bag. Chapstick and mascara. Not even chapstick. Just mascara. A lot of mascara. Just chap lips on everywhere. <laughs> Ashy, even. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe you should say it. Um, but Willem is there to you know, be the very seductive woman that she is and pulls Matt um, to her house. And while they're making out and engaging in fun, sexy times, Matt discovers that Cherry is pre-op. And this presents a problem for him, that he must confront his internalized homophobia and transphobia and misogyny. And let's just put it this way. It doesn't go well. Yeah, there's a brutal trans hate crime that takes place, and it is not fun to watch. But you know what? This was a real thing that happens, and unfortunately, Ryan Murphy was willing to address it. I was going to say, can I ask a question mm-hmm. to you specifically as my co-host? Do you think it would be... Do you think it's worse when the violence is on screen or worse when it's off screen? Because I know that in generalized filmmaking, for like horror films, this is getting off on a little tangent here. I mean, when don't we? But generally in horror films, I know that sometimes the things you don't see are the shit that's scarier. Mm-hmm. But that in this instance, it's like, is it more beneficial to have a trans storyline be portrayed this way or to be portrayed the opposite way? Like, I'm just, I'm just curious. Um, from my perspective, I feel like there's certain, like, violences that you should be able to see for, like, the reality of what they are. Okay. Um, but in this case, like, having it be mostly off screen with a couple, like, cutaway shots of Willem just being like, uh-huh, and being, like, kicked in the face. The thing that sent both of us is the is those. Yeah. Is the little... <laughs> yeah, the Willem... Willem's like, trying to go into a higher register and be Courtney Act for this one. And it's like, it's okay. It's okay. But I, Willem it's is a little fully hilarious. fully doing Courtney in drag. I, I said mean, what I said. <laughs> I mean... I mean, Courtney wants to come for Dita Ritz, but I mean, let's talk about that another time. And Dita, you know, had a lot to say about that. Um... But we love Cheesecake, and we love Courtney Act, and we love Willem. So we are pro-drag on this podcast. We're slags for drag overall. Yeah. So after that takes place, Matt goes back home and shaves his head dramatically. Because after committing a hate crime, what do you do aside from shave your head? And 
you know, say that you are now a person who has changed. You know what really fixed my tra- my transphobia? A bald head. Yeah, Matt is just going through it. What and, song do you think he was listening to while he cut his hair off? Uh, I hate everything about <laughs> you. I do I love you. <laughs> the fact that you got that vocalize at the very end is kind of shocking. Yeah, you're but welcome. then I forget that this this is one of the few individuals within my friend circle who actually has a talent. It's that song. That's what he's uh, Three Days Grace for sure. At full for volume. Sure. Full volume. To the extent that the CD is even skipping. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Sean kind of, like, comes in and is like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm changed. I'm different now. And it's like... Uh, I'm damaged. Okay. Okay, BB. We can see that you're changing to the dark side. Okay, just put the steel scissors down. He's full heel turn this season. We love it. Except for, like, the last part. The best part about this is that we get this moment, and then you have to remember we still have an entire season of, of shows to go through. So it's kind of like, I don't want to say it's a one-off moment, but it has its moments. Um, I feel like season format like, is where we really get just committed to like being a villain. Like This is the last lingering shred of like humanity in this season that Matt will have. And then from here on out, Matt is pretty much like the primary antagonist. Matt is in fact the carver. I, you know what? The show probably wants you to think that. The show wants you to think a lot of people are the Carver, and they present it in a lot of different ways. Yeah. So, continuing on, uh, Christian is performing the surgery with Sean on Kiki, and this is running parallel to a gang member that is also there to have his tattoos removed. Um, he kind of has had a run-in recently where he's leaving the lifestyle, and may or may not have snitched on somebody that he should not have. So he's trying to get a fresh start by disappearing into the world without his tattoos and trying to, like, get hired. Um, However, Sean has no sympathy for this man, really. He's like, I need you to understand that the choices that you make as a man are the ones that you have to live with. And despite us removing the tattoos that you have on your face and body... You're still a horrible, terrible human being, and you should recognize that. Yeah, but also this uh, actor who's playing this gang member can fully get it. He's pretty hot. We'll say that. I mean, that's true. But he looks then- like he's auditioned for, like, broke Latin boys or by certain men. You know what I'm saying? I love the fact that you got both of those sites wrong at the same time. Isn't it by Latin men? Yeah, but you didn't say that. What did I say? You said broke Latin men, and then by by straight men, and I was like, uh, okay. Yeah, well, you know what I meant. Broke straight boys and, like, by Latin men. Those Sketchy are the sex. websites of the, of the early 2000s that really just got us through. They produced content that we didn't know we needed. Oh, God. I mean, there was, like, Sean Cody, but, I mean, who was paying attention to them anymore? Yeah, but Sean Cody was so... Sean Cody was and is so fucking expensive of a site. And, and they so still Caucasian. Came, your shirt has more ethnicity to it than what than what Sean Cody has on their pl- platform. I'm wearing a white shirt, just so you all know. I remember they had one Asian actor, and it was, like, the one who sent me because this dude was just built, like, fucking... Was it Luke Trong? No, it was... His name was Francisco. I don't know who it was, specifically. Uh-huh. I never looked further back into it. But this man... They put Eli in there. <laughs> this man was cake... Uh, I'm not talking about cake. It was a bread factory, a bakery, a panderia, a ganeseria... A- a cafecito, everything. It was breakfast, lunch, and dinner could have been served off of that man, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, I'm all for that. But then again, we're in the season of thick men this year, so. I mean, here we are, two thick bitches. (laughs) Slim thick, at that. I want a boy that I can eat pasta with at 1130 at night and it not be weird. I'm right here. 
You're not dating me. You have other people. That's this true. Is not I, do, I do shovel pasta down your throat after we're done being drunk together, though. <laughs> you do. Ladies and gentlemen, and non-binary individuals of the podcast, if you were to ever actually party with us as a group, that is the absolute gospel truth that every single time without fail that we have gone out and gotten absolutely smashed together, there is almost a guarantee that you come, that you would come back to Robert's house individually, and they would feed you to sober you up. Yeah. This has happened at least three times on my end. Yeah, and I'm like I remember sh- shoveling like pasta in your mouth. I'm like, no, you're gonna eat. <laughs> it this. wasn't. I love no. My favorite one. My favorite one to this day because I remember how tore up I was about it because I was high and drunk. I was very cross faded. Is you being like, I would never share my In and Out fries with anyone because they're double cooked. But I need you to sober up and calm down. So eat something. And it's just you handing me fry after fry after fry for like five solid minutes. <laughs> the way that you remember this and I don't. You don't? I don't remember that happening. It was when we went to the went to the barracks in Palm Springs. Oh, God. And we went back to the hotel and I remember I tried to go <gasps> home with those guys. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now I remember that. Yeah. Um, that was a good time. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit of emotional trauma and a lot of fries. Yeah, that happened right around the time that this podcast would have been taking place. When had we not corrupted the data from Anchor becoming Spotify for podcasters? Look, it happens. Yeah. Um what can you do? So they like have the parallels between the gorilla and the gang member because, you know, facets and symbolism and stuff. Um we come to find out that Kiki was immediately descended upon by other gorillas and attacked because she had plastic surgery and they could tell innately that there was something different about her. I don't know what that is supposed to imply. That you cannot change. Well, see, they go through, they go through the surgery. That's right. Your person. Yeah. But they go through the surgery with Kiki and simultaneously with the gang member. Yeah. And Liz is distraught. (laughs) Liz is so upset about this gorilla. She did not give a fuck about Christian when he got attacked by the carver she did not give a shit about like the fact that she was shot it's because liz is a lesbian that's why she's got too many more important things on her plate. she said animals i gotta work at a fucking dog shelter on my weekends she's like animals i had to put together this ikea set by myself because if i'm not a strong independent woman then i failed at lesbianism i really can't wait for you to meet liz's girlfriend i think it's either this season or next one but you're gonna die when you see who plays her girlfriend i hope it's just i hope the energy that she's giving off is just squirting it's every a time. very well-known um lesbian no a very well-known actress though it's, it's and ellen, singer isn't it? it's ellen isn't it no it's a well-known actress it's singer. katie lang I would die. <laughs> it's Katie Lang, but look, but she's dressed like Melissa Etheridge. I would die, but no. Um, we'll we'll get there when we get there. Um, they're doing the surgery, and they're doing it simultaneously on the yeah. gang member and the gorilla, which personally is not a good comparison to make, but that's just me. Yeah, but Liz is distraught about Kiki, and then we cut over to our gang member who is, you know, trying to apply for jobs. And he's at, just trying to do his best. He's trying to work the system. And at the same time, we get a parallel of Matt now being the gorilla... I'm joking. Matt is now the new parallel for this gang member. Um, as he is leaving somewhere, I think getting a pack of cigarettes or his dad's like work. Well, we have to also frame this because this scene is kind of hard because it bounces back and forth a lot. Yes. Is that in one long, in three separate threads, the gorilla gets attacked and ends up getting killed. Mm-hmm. That's the end of Kiki's storyline. Mm-hmm. The gang member and Matt are the two that are running simultaneously, and the gang member is, like Robert said, applying for jobs, trying to start their life anew with no tattoos, trying to just be the best person that they can be, and they end up getting chased by their former gang members. Simultaneously, Matt is literally going in just to, like, live their best life, I guess, you know, after you commit a horrible assault on someone. Mm-hmm. 
And they end up being chased by a group of trans individuals. Yeah. Individuals of the trans persuasion. Yes. So at this point, um, Willem and the girls beat up Matt like pro- real, real bad. And to add insult to injury, they piss on him. Rain on me, tsunami. <laughs> Literally, Chase Icon's original like Rain on Me cover. Come clean by Hilary Duff is playing in the background somewhere. I, you know, one of those. You know for a fact that those girls went home together, had drinks, and played that song. It was 2005. It had to have been out by that point. I just love the fact that Willem is sprinting, and you can see how thick Willem's thighs are in this episode. That's because Willem got legs. Willem do got legs. Will, out of, she said thick thighs make the dick rise, and did not lie. She's right, and she should say it. But number three is that I know for a fact, out of all the drag queen girls that have ever been on here, yeah, some of them are, quote-unquote, the offensive term trade, but some of them also, y'all got some bodies on you. body yaddy body yaddy yaddy Like, you've earned it. I respect it. I mm-hmm. can't say anything against it. And because Matt gets jumped, uh, that's how we're really, like, ending this episode, if I recall. But there's also Detective Kit McGraw that we have not spoken about. It's um, because she's not in this one for a very long time. She's, she, she's introduced. Yeah. Well, Christian is trying to, like, you know, talk about his trauma that he's experienced from being attacked by the Carver. And at this point, Detective Kit McGraw is there to be like, so you weren't raped. You didn't have any bad experiences happen to you other than being attacked by the Carver. So you were completely immobilized. A strong individual like yourself who couldn't fight off anyone and anything. He's like, I was stabbed with poison. And I genuinely love the fact that they actively try to make it seem like it's Christian's fault. And they do this repeatedly throughout the entire series with every Carver attack is that they were asking for it. They deserve it. And I'm like, that's not how we support victims' rights in this day and age. Not at all. You don't victim blame. You just take it at face value and you go with the evidence. And then... From there, she begins an illicit affair with Christian. She shows up at his door wearing nothing but, like, her pencil skirt and, uh, like, blazer and some thigh-high, like, satin, uh... Stockings. Stockings and some... I love how you like, looked at my legs. Like, my <laughs> legs are going to be the answer to your problem. Like, you know what, Dom? You're the faggot in this relationship. Tell me about it. Well, just assume you stop shaving at the thigh level, so at that point they're just hair stockings. You know what? This interview is over. Um, and, I, and you'll be hearing from, from my lawyer very soon for that one. I'm being charged with defamation actively on the law. <laughs> on our podcast. So, this podcast is just me gathering evidence for a defamation and slander case. Yeah. Um, so at this point, Christian is, you know, really just going through it, back at home, lays down for a minute, and Detective Kim McCraw is like, Let's reenact your attack so that way I can get a full scope of what happened. A full scope. A few scope. And while that happens, she uh, uplifts her pencil skirt and decides to ride him into the sunset. Now, if you look at my garters as they're just pressing into my creamy milk and thigh, do you think that, they, that this would be something that the carver would appreciate? Is this exactly what happened, Christian? I noticed that you're getting erect. Should I let you insert it into my vagina? She gives me the sensation that she would say that. She probably would say something along She would say something very rigid while you're fucking her. Like, she could be totally, like, giving, like, fucking, being fucked from behind. And she would say something very, very, like, rigid where it's like, yes, give it to me, daddy. And it's like, you are putting way too much emphasis on the wrong syllable here, girl. I know. But I just want to say, too, that uh, Detective Kit McGraw is played by none other than British royalty herself. Um... Meghan Markle? No. Uh, <laughs> I wish. Could you imagine her from Suits? I would 
die. She just quits her job at Suits and comes here. I would immediately, <laughs> I would immediately message Meghan Markle and be like, "You are coming on this podcast to not only tell your story but to talk shit on this show." I yeah. need to know. But um, we have Rona Mitra, who, for most of you who don't know who she is, she was the OG model for Laura Croft, Tomb Raider. She was the actual human basis for the model. She should have just been the actress in the film, too. Uh, frankly, she is a great actress, and she has done a lot of other things like Underworld, Rise of the Lycans, and one of my personal favorite movies, Doomsday, which we will be watching for this podcast as a bonus episode at, at some, some point. Po- at some point in the long laundry list, CVS-style receipt of bonus episodes that we have to cover, yeah, or want to cover. I'm going to show you the trailer for that movie after this episode, so that way you'll have like a full like vision of what we're going into for it, and... Honest to God, I know that, like, Rona Mitra in the show does not look like such a badass and, like, a good actress because she's, like, so stiff in the face. But she's basically, like, Furiosa before Furiosa. If Jennifer Garner, if I'm not mistaken, no, 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 it's not Jennifer Garner who played Elektra. No. Yeah, that is Jennifer Garner. It is Jennifer Garner. If Jennifer Garner can play Elektra, then Rona Mitra can play anything, okay? Yeah, that's also, like, saying that Jessica Alba was Dark Angel and then she went on to be, like, everything else that she is in the Honest Company. You mean a liar? Yeah. <laughs> a person who falsifies documents allegedly allegedly oh uh, god yeah no she um god my girl jessica what what happened you had such a promising career it's because jessica alba refused to lean into the fact that she was latina too for the longest time that she tried to deny it for years when they would interview her and it's like girl your last name is alba yeah like you were you're brown you're in, a, you're in a robert rodriguez movie you were a latina like every latina ever is in a Robert Rodriguez movie. If you're not, you're not Latina until you are in a Robert Rodriguez movie. <laughs> yeah. Honest to God, I can't wait till we get our starring role. <laughs> as Latinas in a Robert Rodriguez movie. I hope, I, God, if this, if this podcast ever took off to the extent where we could have a cameo, it, that would be the one, we would only cameo in one of like three types of films. It's a Brian Murphy original. A Brian Murphy original, where we're only in it for one episode and we're either immediately killed off or we're totally secondary. We're just two cafe goers, nothing more. Exactly. A Robert Rodriguez production where we're literally the side characters who immediately are blown up. Or a Vanessa Redgraves film. <laughs> A Vanessa Redgrave's theater production. Yes. She's not in it, but her name is attached to it. Yeah, we're just in the remake of Rebecca, which was her big movie. We're just in the remake of Flowers in the Attic? Yeah. Oh, we forgot to mention, too, that uh, Julia sends in Vanessa, uh, I mean, Erica, to counsel Matt. We totally skipped over that part, where Erica's like, Julia, I will talk to Matthew. Matthew. You seem rather confused about your sexuality after finding out that your lover was a transsexual. Let's smoke your chronic together. And she gets so high. Don't they get high together this episode, Julia and Erica? Yes, that also happens. Um, But Matt smokes with Vanessa first, and they are just fucking, like, blitzed Again, I wish that this... I wish for better things in this storyline. Yeah, actually, that's what happens first, is that uh, Erica is smoking with Matt, and then... Like out of nowhere, she leans into uh, to uh, Ava being a trans woman, and then that's where Matt is like, you know what? I don't need to have this conversation. And then says he's not confused about his sexuality. And at the end of the day, uh, Julia stumbles in on Erica smoking Matt's pot, and she joins, and they have a very tender mom daughter moment for the first time ever. Yeah, and it's honestly like the first time the two actresses are like allowed to be mom and daughter in real life too, because they are. Uh, with Jolie Richardson and uh, Vanessa Redgrave, yeah, being mom and daughter of like, and their chemistry is like so wonderful. 
if they could have had Natasha Richardson on the show in some cameo of some sort, it would have been great. But I mean, Natasha was not going to guest on the show. Let's be honest. She was not going to guest on this. That's bold of you to assume so. I mean, she's only really known for being like most people's eyes, the mom in the parent trap. Yeah, but honestly, having Natasha Richardson come in as Julia's much more capable sister would have made more sense in the dynamic of the family between Erica and them, where it's like, Erica actively is like, I don't have to worry about her. She's a golden she's, child. She's, t- she, Julia, she's everything you won't be, Julia. Julia, unlike you, your sister can maintain herself. She can go to a party and have a few drinks and not throw up all over the place. She can have three children out of wedlock and manage to keep all of them straight and narrow, unlike you. Look at Matthew. Look at little Amberzan or whatever the fuck her Annie. name is. Yeah, her too. Her name is her, her name is Amberzan, but it's short for Annie. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter Amberzan and my son Exclamation Point. I'm so dead. But I really do like the fact that like. But Vanessa, they're both Anne and Zeke. I'm dead. I love the fact that Annie is a character only when convenient to the plot line. Well, duh. Um, but Vanessa, does know, a show about plastic surgery really need to give a fuck about the children in this show? Really? I mean. She's she's had a couple plot lines and she'll continue to have some. She has toxic so- toxic shock syndrome, and she almost and she had lice and she had her period, early. Yes, very early. They said we are going to traumatize this child actress. They said Annie, we're gonna fuck you up in one way or another. She's the real May Griffin. This is the prototype. Yeah, the prototype May Griffin, where the the writers didn't know what to do with the young girl, so they just made her a punching bag. They're like, her. shit. What do we do with her? Yeah. Um, but you know what? The, the thing is, is, though, is that Vanessa Redgraves, like, being the caliber of an actress that she is, too, like, leaning in and actually being able to be, like, comforting and loving to Julia for once is nice. Yeah, and again, like I told you, this scene, I do remember this one in particular. Because it talk about being moms. But it's not only talking about being moms, it's talking about how stressful it is to be women, period. Yeah. Because and how- it's this moment where they both are kind of like, you can tell... Van- Erica's character is looking for a little bit of release because she can tell that her daughter's going through some shit and she knows that Matt's going through some shit and she can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And Julia's just as stressed as a character, so they have this moment where it's like, this fucking sucks collectively. Like, how do you begin to even, like, comfort your child, really and truly, when they don't want anything to do with you because, you know, you're not their real parent to some extent, you know? Yeah, and I think that it's really, like, touching that Erica is just kind of like, look, the best you can do as a mom is try to keep the mistakes that you've made different from the mistakes that they're going to make. So that's actually, it's fairly true. And I I like that Erica gets to have something poignant. My God, I just thought about it. If if we had children, not together, Mm -hmm. but if we had children and remain friends for the rest of our lives in that regard, we got to hide and lie about a lot of shit in our time frame. Yeah, we do. We got we got to reform ourselves to the point where people have no rec- like we have to men in black everyone. Have you seen the movie Spice World? Why the cutaway where all the girls are moms? Oh my god! You're the Victoria where your kids are at boarding school, smoking profusely, and I'm over here being like I don't know, um, like scared. No, I'll be sporty spice. Just, I was gonna say you're sporty spice. Let's yeah, be real. just riding the bike, being like, I just can't see why I do this anymore. Just get surgery like I did. I, I love the fact, too, that um, for me, like, I can't lean in and do a British accent, but Dom can. Darling, it's not that difficult. And meanwhile, I'm like, I can't be British I'm not, unless I'm being, like, real cockney about it. <laughs> and even then, it's real <laughs> it's sus. It's because you can only do an Adele accent. It's not a bad thing. It's true. Oi! Oi! But this is where the episode ends. Um, it's a bit shorter than we anticipated it being. 
at like 35 minutes. Yeah, but let's be real. Do you really want to hear us talk in circles about a fucking gorilla? No, I mean, there's better plot lines that are coming and there's going to be longer episodes. So unfortunately, this one's going to be kind of cut short since it is a redo of one that we already did with Ariel. And shout out to Ariel for guesting on this podcast. She'll be back, don't you worry. She will. We are going to do Carol um, as well as the bonus episode at some point. And we're going to talk about how fucking dikey that movie is. That yeah. movie is so good though oh my god and we will be posting about rose at some point too that's the lesbian version of a miracle on 34th street oh my god it really is um but i i really love anything Kate Blanchett, and if we do get the chance to do mrs america at some point i would love to discuss that with you even if it's just one long episode well i have well isn't it only a season it is only one season it's like a mini series yes i have started it with like eight episodes in yeah it. i had started it so i and i wanted to watch it in the first place that's so. perfect it, we can do that at some point I have no issue with it yeah anything else that you want to add Dom do you have any well you already know what's happening in the forthcoming episodes the um, audience doesn't know that though yeah the audience doesn't know what do you what think of uh, Detective Kit McGraw I think she's incredibly rigid I've seen boulders with better acting and yes congratulations once again to Michelle Yeoh mm-hmm. because we're recording this in the future um I I just fucking love her character so much so far. <laughs> from great. this jump off point where she's so aggressive unnecessarily, she's like, I'm from Scotland Yard and I'm going to crush your cock between my thighs. <laughs> she's like a, a full on cock destroyer. She's a cock destroyer, but not in the fun way. She's a <laughs> cock destroyer in that she's literally going to bully you to suicide. Um, what she's are your, planning lies with your family. What are your predictions with Cherry Peck? Because she's going to be back in more episodes. Because I do know that Willem's character does have a recurring arch. I don't know necessarily if it's going to be for the positive or for the negative. Mm-hmm. I hope it's for the negative. I hope it's nothing but darkness. Um, her, her plot line gets pretty dark, but I really do like the character of Cherry Peck. Um, I've been waiting for her to come on the show. I'm also dying for when we get Brittany Snow on the show because she does come in and she is a re- tour de force revelation of a character. Aren't like, you, the, weren't you, you were worried? Well, wait, Brittany Snow, actor. Yes. But the other one that you're waiting for that's coming up in the next couple episodes is what's her name? Um, Anne Heche. Anne Heche is coming in too. Um, but Brittany Snow, I just want to say too, because this is when she's coming off of like being an indie darling and she had the most promising career in Hollywood. I don't think what? you understand. Brittany Snow was literally like poised to be like pretty much the next Kate Blanchett. That's a bit, that's those are big shoes to fill. Those are very big shoes to fill, but she had, she was a promising indie darling. And then I don't know what happened. To cocaine. be honest. Probably cocaine. I No. Cocaine, heroin, meth of some kind. No, I, I feel like there needs to be a Beyond the Blinds explanation of Britney Snow. Because you have the connects. Reach out to them, I, then, I guess. Would, I'm going to actually message Troy and <coughs> see if he's going to say anything about Britney Snow. This is the podcast crossover that we don't need, but we're going to anticipate. Yeah, or if he will allow me to like find out how he does his search engines on Inti's website, so that way I can pull it up on Crazy Days and Nights and figure out what happened to Britney Snow myself. I can't wait for you to do something like that, and then the next... Like two weeks later, you get a, a cease and desist from some random celebrity immediately. Well, okay, here's the thing. Um, <clears throat> at this time, Britney Snow had just probably did like the killing kind with Adam Scott. Okay. And in that movie, she is the OG like manic pixie dream girl slash like e girl, which is so hard to believe. But she also came off of like doing On the Doll, which is a very very poignant movie about sexual trauma. Um, hence the name On the Doll, and it is a very, very, like, uh, pretty much in that movie, she is a escort, but she only does CBT. (laughs) 
Oh, all right. Okay. Um, like, you have to understand, like, she was taking really risky roles and, like... Actually nailing them? Nailing them so hard. And then, you know what happened? I feel like what happened is that she did the movie Prom Night. And then that, the remake of Prom Night. And it just killed her career. Well, that we have to remember, that movie... Oh, God, there were so many bad horror films from the early 2000s. Yeah, but, I mean, she also did John Tucker Must Die. She did a lot of, like... And then Hairspray. And then, like, everything else that she's done... Who did she play in Hairspray? She was Amber Von Tussle. Shut the fuck up. That was Britney Snow. That was Britney Snow. God, no wonder I liked her. She was she's good. great. She's a she's a Broadway performer, one. But she makes a good bitch. Not only does she make a good bitch, but I need to show you, like, her actual indie films. Because I feel like you're going to get a lot of her, like, Are you going to actually give me the choice to watch these films? Or are you yeah, going to do what no. you did with the Gregoraki, that one, where you just put it on, took control of the Roku, and was like, watch. I might do that. But, I mean, we're... That's also something that we're going to talk about at some point, too, is Greg Araki. I'm going to throw that out there. I love the fact that every time Robert wants to show me some new media that they've discovered or that they've been a part of or been a fan of for a very long time, their way of presenting it to me is very much like giving the cat a pill, where it's like the hand is just over my mouth holding me open and just shoving the pill in there and be like, swallow it! Swallow it! And I'm like, okay, I guess I will, jeez. I think the biggest thing that our listeners are going to get out of this episode is how hard of a Britney Snow fan that I am. And how hard I lean for, like, Anne Heche and as well as, like, every other performer. Like, Bruno Campos and Bruno. Yeah. And (laughs) and Rina Mitra. I love Rona Mitra. She's great. Most of the people in this show, we pretty much stand at this point. We We would love to see them come back and do more stuff, though. Honestly. Ryan Murphy really needs to retap some of these older shows for characters specifically because some of them have the potential to... Like, could you imagine an American Horror Story season where it's just Christian? I would... Just as a cameo. I would For one episode. I would die for that. Or, like, having, like, Famka back. or Like, there's so many Famka in an American Horror Story episode as an evil life coach in Paris would be hilarious. Okay, so I'm going to throw it out there. My my dream cast for the next season of American Horror Story, since we're we're tapping into, like, legacy actors. Since we're using our 45-minute window to talk about this. Yeah, this is our legacy actors of uh, (laughs) American Horror Story. I'm choosing it to be based around, like, Leslie Grossman with... uh, Christian Christian's actor in it. His name's escaping me right now. Um I know, we're both playing. No, I know, I know who Christian Troy is. I know yeah. I know what the what you're So going we're having with. him. We're putting Britney Snow, Kate Mara as a lesbian couple. They're gonna be like the side supporting like characters that everybody roots for. Um for our villain, I'm throwing in Fomka. I would, again, I would kill if Fomko would come back and just be the life coach for evil in a season. Yeah. Vanessa Redgraves is there to fill in for Jessica Lange since she's quit. Could you imagine? Van- Vanessa Redgraves doing American Horror Story season coven and yelling at the girls, I couldn't toast a piece of bread with the kind of heat they were putting on you, would absolutely end me. Could you, I would collapse it. Okay. You would find a burnt figure of me could in this bed. You, could you imagine if we had the character arc between... Uh, Jolie Richardson and Vanessa Redgraves with, in season three, Coven's, uh, Jessica Lange and Sarah Paulson's characters. Like, I think it would have been, I think, I'm going to be honest, and this is me saying it, I'm mm-hmm. going to say something very controversial yet brave. By all means. It would be better than what we got. It would be. It, I agree. It, it would be, it would be more... It would be deeply acted. I'm not saying Jessica Lange or Sarah Paulson cannot act their way out of anything. But it's because they actually are mother-daughter. <clears throat> it would be interesting to watch this dynamic, actually, like, them putting their own little spin on the venom between them. Yeah. I think Julie, I think Julie Richardson would probably put more subtlety into it. 
I'm gonna throw in the actor that plays uh, our first trans character. Oh, Sofia um, Lopez. Yeah, Sofia Lopez. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Robert Lasardo and anything, I'm there for it. Legs um, open. Yeah. Gaping, even. I'm going to spoil, like, two actors who are going to be in it, too, which is going to be Sanaa Lathan and Jess- er, Jacqueline Bissett. Throw them in there for good measure. Why not? Well, if they were able to get, what's her name from um, Dynasty to come back, I mean... Yeah. Also, I cannot wait until we get to uh, Anna Lynn McCord being on the show. And Rose McGowan, too. Both we get it. There's a lot of guest stars coming up. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's so many good guest stars. And Sharon Glass. Sharon Glass is going to be in it, too. I love Sharon Glass. And on this ep- and on that note, we will end this podcast now. Yeah. Okay. Before we go any further. That's my dreamcast right now. Don't spoil anything else. We'll do a dreamcast of this eventually, I think, at the end of the series. I think once we're done we'll with do, the We'll do, like, series. three main episodes that are all recaps of things that we would like to see. And then one of those episodes is definitely be like, okay, main players, who are we recasting? What are we doing? We recast all of American Horror Story and American Crime Story with our versions. <laughs> it's just flipped. Yeah. <laughs> it's just flipped. Um, also, we saw clips from popular Ryan Murray's or Ryan Murphy's first show on TikTok, and we have to find a way. I am going to say this because I remember I remember it vaguely. It's just chaotic nonsense. It's it is. It's chaotic nonsense. Mary Cherry, but Leslie Grossman as Mary Cherry is probably my favorite. She's one of my favorite character actresses. And she does not get her just desserts. She, she knows how to play a funny character and play it really well. On the level that, to me, I think she was kind of like the proto for... Sarah Paulson. Not for Sarah Paulson. For Anna Ferris. Oh, that's fair, too. Because Anna Ferris is talented in her own right, don't get me wrong. Give Anna Ferris more roles. Give Anna Ferris a role where she has Leslie Grossman as an older sister. I'm fine And with it's that. just them going back and forth on each other constantly. Give I, me that's that. That's the kind of acting we deserve. Okay, and with that, we are going to be nip-talked. Bye. Bye.